Hi everyone, welcome to Obsessions of a Millennial Drama Queen, where every week a guest and I work our way through the alphabet talking about things we are obsessed with. I'm Adam Dalton-Blake, and this week my friend Robin Rally and I talked about how G is for the movie musical Grease 2. We chatted about Michelle Pfeiffer breaking through to the big time, the ridiculousness of Silver Pants, and Dune the Musical. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at omdqpod, that's omdqpod, and let us know in the comments what you're obsessed with. Enjoy the show! Hi Robin, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm so excited to talk about Grease 2, my favorite movie of all time. I knew that you would be the absolute perfect person to talk about this movie with, but before we dive into the movie, I always like to talk to our guests about how we know each other. And you, I believe in all of my podcast guests that I will have, you will be the person that I have the longest friendship with. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised because we started, I guess... We started being friends in fourth grade, but mm-hmm. we have known each other since preschool. Um, yes. So we didn't quite get off then. No, I, I just remember you in passing, and then I remember seeing you at, I, I feel like we were in um, circling like childhood friendship groups. And I knew you as like, yeah, like girl with the pigtails. Lainey's friend. Yeah, Lainey's friend. But then I met you through my childhood friend, Mary, because you two went to the same preschool. Yeah, Mary and I were really buddies, but you would come to drop her off at preschool because you had the same babysitter, right? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. It's it's a little fuzzy. That's like the part that I've been told, but I don't, I don't totally remember. Yeah, no, no, same. But then in fourth grade... It's when we were in the same class with all of our friends. Everything lined up perfectly. We had the best teacher. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Miss Familetti at Peter Noyes Elementary School. It was um, the best year of my life. I remember we quickly bonded. Um, I immediately fell in love with you. Um, and a big part of uh, one of the things we bonded over was our love of specifically like these movie musicals. I remember always going to your house for like these sleepovers and we you introduced me to like the Into the Woods recording and Hello Dolly was a big one that we watched and the Music Man with Matthew Broderick and Christian Chenoweth and of course what we're going to be talking about today Grease 2. And so as I was coming up with this list of what each letter of my obsessions would be um represented with uh, Grease 2 immediately popped up to my brain and I knew, Robin, this has to be your episode. Now, how did you first get introduced to Grease 2? What were your first impressions of the movie? And then we'll go into like what the movie is actually about. I, I don't totally remember the first time I watched it. I remember getting, I think I got Grease and Grease 2 from the library at the same time because... I had heard about Greece and they're right next to each other, obviously on the library shelf. And I remember my mom was like really against me watching Greece, but I watched it and loved it. And also watched Greece too and loved it. Um, I think as a, as like a tween for me, I didn't totally understand the like uh, common narrative of like, Greece is a great film and Greece too is terrible, which I strongly disagree with. Um, but I remember just watching both of them and loving them. And like, really the thing that got me hooked as a child was watching Michelle Pfeiffer, truly my sexual awakening as a tween. She is incredible. 
so hot. She's like mounting ladders in this movie. It's incredible. Uh, we love her. So I feel like you watched it and then you shortly showed all of us after. I'm sure. And we were like, oh my God, what is this? What is this amazing music, amazing dancing? Okay, so getting into what the um, synopsis of Grease 2 is, because mm-hmm. I have a feeling a lot of people do not, one, know that this movie exists, and yeah. two, certainly don't know the plot of this movie. So it um, takes place uh, but two years after Grease ends. So Danny and Sandy, they're... They're, they've been graduated for two years. These are 40-year-olds who graduated high school two years <laughs> two years ago. And this is like the new seniors, which um, still consists of the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies. The Pink Ladies headed up by Stephanie, played by a young Michelle Pfeiffer in her first starring role. Hell yeah. Stephanie Zanoni. You gotta say their last name because they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's Italian. She's Italian. The through line that one of the through lines that connects the first movie and the second movie is that Frenchie, the one who has a school dropout, is back in school. Is is like back at Rydell High, and so she's like, oh, like I recognize her from the from the earlier movies. But then um, walks off the bus on this first day of school. Maxwell Caulfield, who plays Michael, mm-hmm. who is Sandy from the first movies, cousin from Australia, who is now attending Rydell High as a senior. Did you get that? Can I interject with a couple notes? Of course, of course. First of all, it, yes, it takes place two years later, and the fashion takes place three decades later. We go like straight to the 80s. Like, that's the difference in these two years of high school to set the scene a little. Um, yeah, it's. It's a very similar to setup to Greece, where it's like cool guy, and then this like shy girl comes, but it's gender swapped. So Stephanie Zanoni is like the cool, cool girl, and Michael is this like absolute nerd. He is from Australia, but he does not have an Australian accent, nor did Sandy really in Greece <laughs> one. But it really is just like, uh, like a gender switch version of Greece is kind of the setup. But it goes so much deeper, <laughs> so many more little plot lines. Yeah, it it really is. And um, one of the one of the true hilarious parts of the movie is that, of course, like Michelle Pfeiffer, beautiful, stunning, and then um, Maxwell Caulfield playing Michael is supposed to be like, yeah, like this like nerdy guy that no one that none of these pink ladies will give the time of day, and he is like. Unobje- he's objectively so yeah yeah he's like he's like cover of like tiger beat hot like very just like james dean just hottie 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 but he's a, a quote-unquote nerd but he doesn't even have like glasses or anything or like they don't even like part his hair differently he just looks like hot maxwell caulfield yeah he gives no nerd he has no nerd vibe and there is like one nerd at the school eugene who gives like big nerd vibes. He gets like knocked over all the time and is like, you know, just like can't quite get it in with uh, any of the cool crowds. But no, Michael is just like an absolute cool guy stunner. So sweet. He's very smart. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's very smart. Um, One of the plot lines is that he like, so he wants to buy a motorcycle so he can impress Stephanie Zanoni because unlike Grease 1, where cars are cool, in Grease 2, it's all about motorcycles. 
and he pays for the motorcycle by doing everybody's homework for them. And the one nerdy thing about him really is that he has like perfect cursive handwriting. It's gorgeous. They show it like the papers in a couple of scenes and it's just like absolute beautiful script <laughs> just like to add to the reasons that he's a, a total hottie <laughs> yeah so then elaborating on the plot so he's trying to um impress stephanie who's this pink lady who's not giving him the time of day so yeah so he wants to like learn to ride a motorcycle and so he um like part-time works at like an auto shop right and like gets to um like practice his motorcycle once he ends up getting all the money and then it becomes kind of like a masquerade ball-esque situation of like mistaken identities and so forth yeah because he wears but like the tiniest little mask just over his eyes and his motor like a motorcycle mask and helmet um and you know drives around and does all this cool stuff and she's like who is that and cannot like her and no one else can figure out who who this guy is who's riding the motorcycle <laughs> yeah the masquerade is really a huge <laughs> the mystery of who could this guy be <laughs> but yeah and then he's like sh- scared to show his true identity because in school of course he's michael this quote-unquote nerdy guy and stephanie is talking about how Michael, I'm not interested in you. I'm interested in this cool rider. He's so cool. You'll never be this cool. Like that type of vibe. So um, th- th- there's just that whole dynamic. But then second to that, it, 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 this is a movie that has a lot of like teenage tropes, which is pretty amazing. Like th- they go to school. They actually show them in class and they mm-hmm. sing songs about what they're learning in class. But then one of my favorites is that there's also a talent show like the talent show plays a weird big part in this whole movie it's a huge part of the movie we see like rehearsals we see the auditions we see them like all practicing we see so many different acts there's a couple acts that you like see multiple times as it like rehearses and gets better and better and of course like the climax of the movie is at the talent show uh, of course yeah and and if people who've seen euphoria think that that play was like high produced this talent show the final number that these um pink ladies put on the production value is so high the costumes are so elaborate yeah it's like the stakes are so high for some reason yeah the costumes are really amazing one thing i also love about the talent show is the t-birds in greece too are like not cool you know they're like they got the leather jackets and they think themselves to be the cool kids in school but they like really are kind of not like it's not at all like Greece where it's like everyone's kind of looking up to these guys. They are the cool guys. These are like some little nerdy. These are like the real sweetie nerdy guys who are doing it. And they also do a big talent show number, which I think is very, very cute about like being on the prowl for women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, um, another through line of Greece and Greece too, is that um, it's yeah. Set in high school and it's still a horny, horny movie. All of these kids just want 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 to have sexy time with each other. Yeah, it's all they talk about and all they do. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a song. Well, I, actually, I'll talk about the music later. Stephanie is, is falls in love with Michael, this masked cool rider, quote unquote, cool rider, and um, and then he crashes a bowling night that they're all having. And that, that that's basically the beginning of her falling in love with him. 
And then all throughout the movie is Michael as this cool writer, like showing up and like whisking her off. And they have these like romantic moments and they talk about like the future and stuff. And then, yeah, it all culminates into this talent show. Oh, wait, 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 no. Doesn't he like die or they think that he dies? Yeah. So right before the talent show, he like shows up and um, all the guys are like, we're going to find out who he is. Let's get him. And they go on a chase and he, they like come to the edge of like a construction site cliff kind of situation. And like he jumps it. And they all stop and are like, oh, no, like he's probably dead because that was a really big jump. And during the talent show, Stephanie Zanoni is like absolutely beside herself, like cannot perform, um, is basically just like in this trance fixated on like what happened to this guy that I loved. Yeah. And and it's it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. It, it all comes back to this talent show. And what's Kind of amazing is that we'll talk about the music in a little bit, but the number they're singing is called Girl for All Seasons. And it's all of the girls in the high school um, are basically, all of them are basically performing this number about how um, I'll be your girl in winter, I'll be your girl in fall, and everyone is like a different holiday. So Stephanie, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, is December. And so she's dressed as a tinsel Christmas tree. All like white. Yeah, all white. And then she has this kind of like breakdown moment of like, she's she's just thinking about this guy. She can't sing. She falls slowly to her knees and just starts singing a ballad. And one of my favorite things is that she takes the star off of her head. She holds it to her chest. And as she's singing, it flies out into the world and then creates this scene of like smoke cloud fantasia like fantasy where she's running towards michael as cool rider and then they just like fall in love in this like romantic trance of theirs it's 80s tastic it's incredible yeah it's an incredible trance sequence (laughs) yeah also in the trance he's like in all his motorcycle gear and like on a pile of like trash but it's all like silvery white which is like because she's been wearing the silvery white snow winter outfit it's oh it's so good (laughs) then eventually um this, this cool rider michael um like shows up at um he shows up at the end of school beginning of summer luau party stephanie and um the leader of the t-birds johnny nagarelli who you know he and stephanie like used to be a thing before this year they kind of mentioned but they're not together johnny's been really butthurt about it but they the two of them are like the king and queen of the luau and they're they're like on this boat in a pool wearing some like pretty questionable like headdresses uh that are kind of luau it's a little rough michael comes in and like on his motorcycle, motorcycle jumps over the pool and like knocks Johnny in and then Michelle Pfeiffer like comes out of the pool and he takes off his mask and she realizes it's him and she's like, I hoped it was you the whole time. And they kiss. She's wearing this like a very incredible shiny, shiny purple dress. And then it ends in like a group musical number. Yeah. And then, uh, that's the end of the movie. You know, they make they they put a lot of storylines in there. They didn't totally wrap up basically any of them. 
except that one, but they just do it with such a bang. You can't be mad. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, yeah, tied in a perfect bow. The, the the part I do love at the end is when she says, "Yeah, like, I always, I hoped it was you," and I'm like, "Yeah, I would also hope it was the hot nerd that just moved to to our town that you're like friends with too." She's like not supposed to be friends with any boys except the keybirds, but like he helps her study a little bit, and they become friends. There's a really incredible scene where the two of them are in a like diner eating hamburgers together and it really like she's just such a teen in that scene she's like i'm just thinking about this guy and like where's the ketchup on my burger and like um is really talking to him being like i just want to figure out who this guy is and he's like yeah he sounds really great like should we get back to our math homework yeah they're, they're buddies and what i love is that you can instantly tell that michelle pfeiffer is a star in this movie. Like the amount of close-ups that are on her face and just like how dynamic she is. Like, yeah, it's a really campy movie, but she's just so captivating and charismatic. And um and she sings in this movie, which is really fantastic. Um, so we'll dive into the music because the so the story is set in 1961, but like you said, everything is like 80s tastic and the music in particular is like i feel like in the original greece it's all like doo-wop doo-wop and like like uh like very 60s appropriate this is just like for sure the 80s power ballads electric guitar amps like it's all there yeah it's the music is really incredible i feel like when i was a kid and i like didn't totally you know get what makes a movie bad or good i was like the music is so much better in greece too it's so fun the songs are like yeah they're very dynamic and goofy and like just cover such a wide range of like these little teens high school experience they're really they're they're very fun yeah i i was hooked immediately um and you've referenced this in the beginning with michelle pfeiffer and her ladder um the song called cool rider which I was listening to the soundtrack of this on um, Spotify before, and it has 10 million listens of the song Cool Rider. It is the best song in the whole movie. And it's Michelle Pfeiffer. She's just singing about um, how she she saw this cool rider and she, she, she really likes him. But yeah, it's 80s-tastic. It's so good. Um, I recommend anyone who's listening to this podcast Go listen to at least that song from the soundtrack. But all the songs are are so good. They're very fun. Yeah. One thing I also love about the Cool Rider song is like she's she's singing it like to herself and she's dancing. She's like in the backstage of the talent show audition area and is like dancing with all these props and playing around. And then later in the aforementioned hamburger eating diner scene, he like references it being like, I know you were watching me and like you heard me talk about the cool writer I wanted to get. It's just like so self-aware. It's like that exactly, you know, there's no like, um, like disbelief about, you know, it's like a musical and who's really singing and listening to what and is it just like a song she's singing to herself? Like, no, it is canon that he was there like watching her dance around, like dancing, singing to herself, climbing up the ladder. Yet again, just like commanding that stage. Her dance moves are like 
both like choreographed and super like natural, seemingly improvised. Um, she is an absolute star in this movie and her bangs are fantastic. Her whole look is fantastic. Yeah, she's got this like dirty blonde bob with bangs and like a, a bright red lip and is often wearing like, she wears like, she works at a, a gas station and wears like a big jean jacket and wears these kind of like a baggy bowling shirt and wears these kind of like, they're not like traditionally like femme hot outfits like a lot of the other pink ladies wear. She's like a little bit of a tomboy. Yeah, but it's like definitely 80s. It's like, I feel like she's wearing like leggings or like skinny jeans and like this like blousey top that's like, yeah, like her uniform jacket. Um, It's so fun. It's so fun to watch. Um, And I will say that we we love the music, obviously. Um, We recently, this was in July, took a little bit of a road trip up to see our friend in Vermont. And on the way back down, we realized that the car we were driving did not have air conditioning, right? And so uh, keep in mind, this is like, what, a six hour drive on our way. It was was nine hours. We were in the car for nine hours. And it was like that week that there was a real heat wave. It was like over 90 degrees, sun blaring. It was miserable. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. And so what we were trying to like maintain this like happy, we had just had a wonderful weekend. We were trying to like maintain this positive energy. Um, and so one of the things we did is we, so we rolled down all the windows and I, I, I could tell our like energy was slumping. So I was like, hey, Robin, can I play something real quick? I put on the beginning of the Grease 2 soundtrack. We sang through the entire thing, except for skipping like a couple songs that Maxwell Caulfield sings that are not great. Um, it just totally rallied us up back again. Um, and that was the power of Grease 2. It is the power of Grease 2. I think we would not have survived that that day and that drive. If not for Greece. Yeah, no. That, that. And God bless Michelle Pfeiffer. Thank God. I'm, I am I was doing a little, like, a little bit of research, not really. But, um, yeah, I didn't know that this was her first starring role. Yeah. And, like, she, it worked enough that she, like, you know, then went on to be a very successful actress. Maxwell Caulfield, it did not work for him. He did not do a good job in this movie. And he, like, got really mad. And I, I, don't, I don't think he sued, but he, like, tried, he, like, made a big stink in in some way that i don't remember about this movie like ruining his career yeah and i feel like it's like slumber party gold like i I feel like it's one of those like cult it's become like a a bit of a cult classic movie now yeah i mean there's so many like great lines and like hilarious moments that are i was watching some clips of it earlier today to get in the mood and i was like yeah this is it's so funny it's incredible there's so many just like little tiny moments of characters doing funny things or like funny characters that I forgot about. Everybody's just like so spunky and fun. And it really is like just encapsulating this like horny teen experience that, you know, we can all relate to. (laughs) Oh yeah. And speaking of that teenage experience, I do want to point out that there is one actress in this movie that we have not talked about who is a one Miss Lorna Luft, Judy Garland's other daughter, other than Liza Minnelli, um, she plays Paulette, right? Yeah. And she is like this blonde, brassy, quote-unquote teenager. She definitely looks the oldest out of all of them. And um, she is in love 
with mm-hmm. her teachers, right? Well, she so she's like another she's kind of the other, I would say, like leader-ish kind of character in the Pink Ladies. Um, she wears like very tight, shiny pants a lot of the time and is like very de- like her hair and her makeup's always very done up. And she really likes Johnny Nagarelli, um, who was Michelle Pfeiffer's ex. Um, they have like some sort of dating dynamic. It's a little unclear. But yeah, she's also into there's like two hot teachers <laughs> that come in to the school. Um, I think both are substitute or one of them's a substitute teacher maybe that's like another big plot point is like these these two teachers just came in and everyone has the hats for them yeah one of the teachers i just realized um is played by tab hunter who was like a heartthrob in like the i believe in like the 60s and 70s like a young hollywood heartthrob and he plays like the nerdy teacher where they oh. sing the song about reproduction. And there's this whole number called reproduction and it's all about it's all sexual innuendos and about how guys and girls aren't seeing eye to eye on ha- on what it means to really ha- like have sex. Um and he Tab Hunter is the teacher. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the most iconic numbers, I think. I sometimes when I talk to people about Greece too, they're like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, reproduction is a song." Right, where it's like masking this like biology class about like there's a lot of lines about like stamens and pollen. It's all about how flowers reproduce, but um, you know, it's also like boys like pulling a bunny out of a hat and being like, whatever, you know, like what what like think about how rabbits do it. Yeah. It's just like really ridiculous. People are like hanging from the rafters. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Greece too leans in a lot more to like the campiness and the ridiculousness of the movie and the fact that they're all like 40 year olds playing high schoolers um, than, than that, than in Greece. I feel like Greece maybe has a bit more of a, um, like it try, I think it takes itself a little too seriously and Greece too does not take itself seriously. No, it does not. No. Yeah. It's, it's very campy and very goofy. And I, so I bring this up because um, you told me once that you were part of like a PowerPoint party where everyone had to come up with a PowerPoint presentation to present and you made yours about Greece too. Yeah. Yeah. So my friend hosted a party where it was like, you know, if you want to come host a PowerPoint presentation, there was one about like how to like make a salad, like the formula for making a salad dressing. There was one about how to like fix a popped wheel on a bike, very informational stuff. Mine was um, the 10 reasons why Greece two is better than Greece one. And one reason why it's not where I went through, you know, uh, the reasons in my mind of like, what, what makes this a better film, why it's more interesting. Um, and just like all around uh, better. <laughs> um, and then the one reason it's not is because Lorna Luft, who we mentioned, doesn't have her own solo number. It's so sad. She's kind of like the Rizzo counterpart from Greece. Um, and just like didn't didn't make the cut. <laughs> she has a couple little singing lines here and there. But she doesn't get their own number. Yeah, we have two separate lines that we are both obsessed with that we were belting out in the car that Lorna sings. One is the raspiest thing you've ever heard. It's um, basically, um, it's in the song Let's Roll uh, or Bowl Tonight. We're Oh no, we're going to score tonight. That's the title of the song. 
and she's just like, hey, Johnny, Johnny, we're going to get it. Like, it's very like, just she just smoked two packs a day. But then in the song Reproduction, she has this, um, she's like flirting with this teacher, which is like, you know, its own problematic thing. But she sounds absolutely amazing. And so I'm like, Lorna, what is this character development? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that she has her rough days singing and that's why she did not get her own little solo number. But the, yeah, her two her two singing lines are really yeah. just, she's such a weirdo character. Yeah, we also haven't really talked about the, the big bowling number is like one of the incredible showstoppers of the movie. It's like, this is the activity that like all the cool teens do after school. They go to the bowlerama um, and bowl and like they all have, bowling shirts and they're singing this big song together and doing these like dance numbers like up and down the bowling lanes you know throwing the balls there's like nuns that are there also bowling and dancing around it's like a huge 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 production number it's really good it's pretty amazing um and yet again i recommend that everyone go watch this movie and if you don't want to watch it for any reason at least listen to the soundtrack and i think you'll be hooked but you will not be able to, I think, follow along with the story based on the songs alone. No, no, they're really like um, vignettes of like this moment in time, this moment in time. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, moving the story along. Now, Robin, are you up for a little bit of a game? Yeah. Okay, so I came up with this game. It's called Another One. And I'm going to give us uh, famous movies and we have to figure out if they will work as these 80s rock pop musicals much like Grease 2 is even though it's yeah. set in the 60s i'm ready all right so our first one is titanic mm. do we think titanic 2 would work as like an 80s rock musical um yes <laughs> here's what i think you're on a boat but like this time it's a cooler different kind of boat it's a it's a jet ski and um, you swap the genders of everybody. So like, you know, the two characters are uh, running. I guess they they don't really like what happened. Oh, one of them's rich. One of them's poor. You, you switch that. I don't know what Celine Dion is up to now, but I could see her like rocking some real like 80s, like more poppy music and getting that into I love that idea. Yeah, like get, get those 80s rock ballads in there and Selena's perfect for that. I love that. I'm I'm investing right there. Okay, just a couple more. The Hunger Games. I don't know about this one. I think it's like too bad. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I it could happen, you know. You mix a little campy 80s music with um like the demise of society it could be fun all right so that one is maybe a little bit on the fence yeah. um this last one which i think would be hilarious to see mm-hmm. is dune so dune is coming out with a second movie uh-huh. do we think it could be an 80s rock musical okay here's everything i know about dune because <laughs> i never saw it and i never will <laughs> Um, one, Timothy Chalamet is in it. Two, the book is mm-hmm. like so thick. And three, there's that big sandworm and all the, the thing that they all love and care about is glitter. So to me, I'm like the glitter mm-hmm. and Timothy Chalamet alone. That could make a great 80s musical. I really think so. Him in a little outfit and like the, the glitter dirt that they all love in Dune. Yeah, it's like like, like the spices. 
what it okay so like imagine this it's like a scene and it's glittery and you zoom out and you're like what is this big glittery mass and it's paulette's ass from greece too in her gold glitter bowling pants doing a doing a bowling number <laughs> i'm just saying there's a crossover i think you just cracked the code i absolutely love that i think of all of these three that is the one that will get made mm-hmm. and um i think that the music would be fantastic i love that robin that is a fantastic way to end that game and you said they're making the sequel already yeah i think they can just insert insert some quick um tim mention rock music in there come on it probably already is now robin we're wrapping up the podcast Mm -hmm. but before i go i have a weekly segment where i turn the tables (gasps) and ask my guests what they're obsessed with in a segment we called guest obsessed oh my god so robin what are you obsessed with recently um okay i just started watching true detective for the first time extremely into that it's like woody harrelson and matthew mcconaughey solving a real gruesome murder i've been loving that um i've been listening to my favorite podcast um called american girls pod shout out just started covering kit kittredge goes through all the american girl dolls that one's been amazing the other TV show slash podcast that I've been really obsessed with lately is I've been watching the new season of Bachelor in Paradise. Shout out. Mm-hmm. You watch it or no? I um I watched the last Bachelor in Paradise and then immediately fell off of it. Okay. Well, this one's been great. They just started up again. Um, and I listen to like a two hour podcast recap uh, every week after watching the like cumulative three hours of Uh, bachelor in paradise but those are really like those are my go-to that's my go-to media right now wow that's amazing yeah with bachelor in paradise you watch what like a three-hour episode with ads and then you listen to a three-hour podcast that's a big chunk of your day it is a big chunk of my day it's like on monday they do an hour and a half of the show and then on tuesday they do another hour and a half so i just watch like a half hour every morning before work takes me through the whole week oh well, I've absolutely loved I've loved talking to you because, hello, we go back for hundreds and hundreds of years. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on my podcast. This means so much to me. And uh, before we go, do you have anything that you want to promote or get out there into the world? Um, yeah, there's two things I want to promote. One is the long lost character of Grease 2, who we did not talk about at all, who is the kid's sister. Love a kid's sister. The kid's sister in this movie is called Dolores. Shout out to her. Want to promote Dolores. Um, And I also want to, if you want to find me on Instagram, uh, you can follow my account at I like this pattern where I post uh, patterns and textures that I find throughout the day trying to make it big. So uh, if you also like patterns or things that repeat or counting or anything like that. You can follow me at I like this pattern. I will say that Instagram account is so charming. I absolutely love it. And one of my shirts has made it on to that Instagram, which is a badge of honor I wear proudly. All right, Robin, thank you so much. And for anyone listening, make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at omdqpod. That's omdqpod. And let us know in the comments what you're obsessed with. And who knows, maybe we'll make an episode about it. All right. Thanks, Robin. Love you. Love you. Bye.